Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, to separate water from water. So God made the expanse, and separated the water under the expanse, from the water above it and it was so God called the expanse sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day and God said let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear and it was so God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he calls seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky, to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons, and days, and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds and every winged bird, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, 
creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made And it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And I'm reading from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. 
For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Let us pray. Our great God, we thank you for your word, your written word. And we pray that your living word will speak to us through the written word today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've just had Christmas. What was it all about? The birth of baby Jesus, of course. Did you ask yourself eight days ago, where did this baby come from? Is that a strange question to ask? Not at all. Ask any immigrant to Australia how many times he has been asked, where do you come from? If he looks or sounds a bit different, the immigrant will answer you thousands of times. We're all curious to know, aren't we? Many of us desperately want to ask our newly met acquaintance the question, but hopefully we're more courteous than to ask in that stark way. Where do you come from? A better way is to courteously engage in conversation our curiosity will eventually be satisfied. So where did the baby Jesus come from? If within the last few weeks you sang the Christmas carol, Mary had a baby boy, you would have sung a partial answer. And I'm not going to sing it, but these are the words. He come from the glory He come from the glorious kingdom. In other words, heaven. And John's Gospel, chapter 1, gives us a wonderful glimpse of the situation there. Here, perhaps better than in any other biblical passage, we see where that Christmas baby came from. The second person of the Trinity was always there. Always there. I guess you know that God is Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God, yet three centres of self-consciousness. Now I've struggled with the church creeds for many years now, and that's the best I've been able to come up with about three centres of self-consciousness. It is, of course, God the Son whom we are talking about this morning. And we're looking particularly at John's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. 
Without him nothing was made that has been made. Does it seem strange to you to hear the second person of the Trinity called the Word of God? Now, we've all asked that question at some time or other in our Christian lives. But it's not so strange if we think of Genesis chapter 1, which we read here a few minutes ago. How did God create? By speaking. By uttering words. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. You get the message, don't you? God spoke words. But I wonder if you notice the plural there in verse 26. The Trinitarian God said, Let us. Perhaps this is God the Father speaking to God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Back to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The second person of the Trinity was always there. He was and is God himself. He was and is God himself. Back to our passage again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Let's imagine one scene in the heavenly throne room. Maybe the conversation between God the Father and God the Son 
went like this. Father, Son, look at what a sinful mess mankind has landed itself into. Son, yes, Father, it's terrible. Father, I have a radical plan to redeem the situation. Son, I want you to give up for a time some of the rights and privileges which you now possess as eternal son and be born as a man. Son, Father, I will do it. What are the details? Father, I will cause a virgin woman to become pregnant and you will be born in the usual way. Live in the usual way, but die so that people might have their sins forgiven and be saved. So, the second person of the Trinity became a human being. He became a human being. If we go back to John's Gospel and we travel down to verse 14, we read this. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. Note that, the glory. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word came from the presence of God the Father. He possessed characteristics which we more easily identify with God the Father. First one, glory. The splendour, holiness and majesty of God. I think of God's glory as being like an extra bright light so bright that it can damage your eyes if you're not careful. A bit like watching a solar eclipse through a pinhole in a piece of cardboard. Have you ever done that? Remember what happened to Moses at Mount Sinai? Exodus 24. When Moses went up, the, up on the mountain, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. I think that for the purposes of our understanding, the best biblical use of the idea of God's glory comes a little bit further on in Exodus, chapter 33, beginning at verse 18. Moses asks God to show him God's glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, 
the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. I will have com- I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. See how potentially dangerous God's glory is. We need to be careful fooling around with the God of the Bible. It seems to me that not many modern Christians think that in some circumstances God can be dangerous. But then the New Testament reveals the God-given way to ease this problem of access to God. When the eternal Son of God came to earth, He brought God's glory with him. And that eternal son was born as the baby Jesus. Everybody loves a baby, don't they? I wonder if you've noticed that that's the first time in this sermon that I've used the word Jesus. Because Jesus is the name of the baby. The eternal Son of God became a baby and the baby's name was Jesus. The idea in John chapter 1 is that those who saw Jesus when he was on earth could see something of the very being of God. If two characteristics of the eternal God are grace and truth, then those who knew Jesus could see something of God's grace and truth when they saw the man Jesus. I always feel sorry for Philip, one of Jesus' disciples. Poor Philip. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him. Sorry, that's a very bad mistake. From now on, you do know him. (laughs) And (laughs) Fancy making that mistake. From From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? 
Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Poor Philip. But back to John's Gospel, chapter 1. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Not only did the eternal word become man, reflect God's glory, but also grace and truth. Now grace is a characteristic of God alone sometimes to be seen in a pale way in some human beings. Do you remember when someone did something very generous for you? A gracious thing? Something which you didn't deserve and you were therefore blown away? Grace is shown ultimately and magnificently in the fact that God saved a miserable sinner like me. But I didn't deserve saving, Lord. I know, says God. You've just experienced my grace. The other characteristic of God mentioned in John 1.14 is truth. I had a very familiar phone call the other day from a number that I did not recognise. There was a pause on the line and then the voice said, Hello, I'm from Microsoft. I said, Tell me another one and then hung up. He was not telling me the truth. Goodness knows how many rooms there are in the world full of people on telephones coached to tell lies to you and me so they can steal for us. I've had about four different varieties of, of lies and I almost get taken in by every new one. It's so painful to have to be on our guard all the time from people telling us lies, isn't it? Fortunately, truth is a characteristic of Almighty God. He never lies. He never deceives. If God says, I will not let anyone take you from my hand, and he does say that in another glorious chapter in John's Gospel, then you and I can have absolute confidence in our salvation, despite the many failings in our service and in our daily lives. The eternal God brought that divine characteristic with him when he came among us. Truth. What a wonderful event we celebrate 
on the 25th of December each year. The second person of the Trinity was always there. He was and is God himself. The second person of the Trinity became a human being. I guess this is why all the Christmas displays in our shops that ignore these facts gets me so annoyed. On the 25th of December, we in Australia at least celebrate, give gifts, get together with our families because someone in early church history decided to make it a feast day to help Christians remember the earth-shattering event when the Trinitarian God in the person of his only and unique Son broke into our fragile world in order to save sinners. Amazing, isn't it? Amen.